The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Uh, obviously, the events surrounding the um, Titanic submarine have raised the questions about deep sea tourism and deep sea exploration and what the interest is in it and what drives people to want to find out about what lies beneath. And one of those people who has um, unparalleled experience in the area is marine archaeologist and author of The Ship Beneath the Ice, The Discovery of Shackleton's Endurance. He is Menson bound and he is the man who found Shackleton's Endurance, or at least one of, because he didn't set off on his uh, Todd to do it uh, totally solo. Menson, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Anton. You're right. I, I was part of the team. I was the director of exploration. Tell us, tell us a bit about how you came, not just to find Shackleton's Endurance, because of course the story of Shackleton's Endurance went to um, South Pole, became trapped in the ice, ended up having to abandon the Endurance, watched it slip beneath the waves in, I think, what, 1912-ish, 1914? And it was... Uh, 19, 1915, but yeah. 15. It wasn't found until you Here went and discovered it. So yeah. why did you go looking? Um, well, there are a number of reasons, but actually one of the main reasons was, and this we said at the at the launch way back in, uh, what was it, uh, 2019 at the Royal Geographical Society in London. Uh, and I said there that one of the reasons actually was to make sure it was found by a responsible body. Uh, because, and I mentioned this at the time, because of, we didn't want to see what happened to the Titanic happened to the Endurance. You remember after they found the Titanic, it was pretty much a uh, you know free-for-all there, smash and grab, a help-yourself operation went on for quite a while. And uh, the guy who found the, the Titanic was very unhappy about that. And we didn't want to see that happen to the Endurance. That's so, interesting because um, I, I saw Bob Ballard that. recently talk about uh, him, of course, from mm. Woods Hole Oceanic Institute, which found the Titanic. I saw him uh, where he said about if you want tea services or cutlery or that kind of thing from the Titanic, it is identical to that which is on the Olympic and you can get it from the Olympic without any implications for what is a gravesite. I hadn't realised that there was that level of plunder of the Titanic. Oh my God. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> out on the, in the deep ocean, so uh, nobody's watching anybody. What goes on out there is absolutely shocking. And these wrecks are absolutely precious. Uh, and you know there is only a definitive number of them, and once the wreck's been plundered, well, it's gone forever. Yeah, it's sad, but it goes on all the time. And of course, what set endurance apart was how well preserved. So I assume it would have been a good target for those who might want to plunder. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, when we launched the project, I made what was it four? Uh, I said that we'd. It was very, you know, should be very likely to be upright, should be proud of the seabed, should be largely three-dimensionally intact, and that should be in a brilliant state of preservation. And that's how we found it. It was incredible. So, yeah, she, she, the way technology is moving so fast, and it's going better and better and cheaper and cheaper. It was only a matter of time before some rogue organization, let's say, went after her. So we were very keen to, to make sure that we, we found her, we recorded her, we didn't touch, uh, we, we, we did everything by the archaeological book, and she's still there. Our, our work on her was totally non-intrusive. How, how deep was, was the water in which she was lying? Uh, 3,008 uh, 3, metres. Which means presumably a long dive to get to the site. Um, 
Yeah, it did. It meant an hour to get down there by submersible, you know, which is I, I, not, not nearly as much as it takes to get the Titanic, which I think was, what, uh, two to three hours, something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a long dive down, and then there's an hour to get, get, get the submersible back onto ship afterwards as well. Can you describe what it was like seeing the Endurance for the first time? Yeah, that was truly incredible. Um, I've never had an experience like that in over 32 years, consecutive years in underwater archaeology. You know, I've been looking at shipwrecks, excavating them, evaluating them, surveying them all my all my life. Uh, but never, ever had I seen anything like the Endurance. Uh, we only did t- two dives on it. We were into winter. The weather was getting very aggressive. The ice was muscling up around us. The captain was getting worried and yeah, we had to get out of there in a hurry, and we only had time for two dives. And our first dive was to secure the data, and the second dive was the archaeological dive. And it was just myself and uh, three or four others in the cabin at the back of the ship. There was myself, there was a guy at the sticks, there was a, a data analyst and a hydrographer, oh, and a cameraman. And that was it. And we approached the ship from the stern. And the first thing I saw was the ship's rudder just laying there beneath the tuck of the stern. And that surprised me because shouldn't have been there you know the, the, all the stories agree that the the rudder when it was torn off by the ice that it was taken away um yet there it was just under the stern and then we elevated the cameras and the lights just lit up the stern of the vessel and there was the name endurance arced over the five point uh a polaris star after which the norwegians had originally named the ship and it was just at that moment, you know, the, the hairs on the back of your neck are on end, and we were just euphoric in the cabin. And then we went up, and we went over the taffrail at the stern of the ship, and we were looking down into the well deck, that's the area right at the back of the ship, and we were looking right at the ship's wheel, and it was absolutely intact, and, and, and none of us really expected to see anything quite like that. You could see the, you know, the king... King spoke on the wheel. It was as clear as that. Now, and, beh- and behind it was the ship's uh, compass as well. Can I ask, because it is evident the, the passion and excitement that even in retelling the mm. story, which I'm sure you have retold many times, it is, it's, it's evident <laughs> from you how exciting it was. For those who wouldn't know, why, what creates that interest? What is it about deep sea exploration, deep sea archaeology, that is so fascinating. Because I think yeah. part of what we would have seen this week will have caused a lot of people to say, what is it that drives people to want to do this? Yeah, uh, I suppose really, uh, I suppose two things come to mind. First is, is obviously the romance. I mean, everybody's fascinated by shipwrecks. You have to be made out of stone not to be interested in shipwrecks. And they always have these incredibly dramatic, often tragic stories attached to them. But then there's the archaeological side as well. Uh, The quality of the information you get from a shipwreck is nearly always so much better than anything you get on land. I mean, I I started off uh, as a land terrestrial archaeologist way back in the 70s. You know, I spent my time scraping dirt and you're chasing shadows in the dirt and you're thinking to yourself, what is that? You know, is it a post hole? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And does it relate to that one? over there, you know, that kind of thing. Indeed, if you find a bit of pottery, it's a broken bit of 
body shirt doesn't tell you anything or a scrap of shoe leather the preservation is so bad but on a shipwreck in theory everything went down with that shipwreck is still there so if you find a pot it is intact all the pieces are there and you're not dealing with shadows these are tangible artifacts and um, you know, the quality of, of preservation is so much better. Water is a great preserver, and if it's cold and deep and there's an absence of oxygen down there, then it's even better. Now, so course, those are the two things that come to mind. When you would have started doing that, the the expeditions, I assume, were largely either expensively um, state or university funded or they were partially a la Bob Ballard uh, militarily uh, funded or supported. What has happened since then that it has become a tourist activity and does that harm mm. the archaeological aspect of it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's why technology has moved on. Uh, within my working lifetime, uh, you know, I just can't believe the changes that I've seen. Uh, if somebody had said to me when I was starting out as an archaeologist that at the end of my career I'd have technology like this at my fingertips, I would not have believed it. I mean this what we've got today, what I what 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 I use today would be would be science fiction to a young Menson. I mean it's just incredible when you know I'm I'm, I'm heading on the seabed at six thousand meters, you know, working with this incredible team of technicians looking at shipwrecks and doing other work down there. It's just the greatest feeling ever. Um does that answer your question or not? You you not did. Really. The bit that I'm I'm wondering about though is that is the modern technology and how it benefits mm. the archaeologist. But hand in hand with that mm. is what you said at the start about things like the smash and grab um, aspect of, of oh, deep yeah. sea. Mm. How, do you now find yourself in a situation where tourism impinges on the science? Uh, not really had any direct problem with that, but I mean, I don't really have too much problem with people going down and observing these sites. In fact, I think it's even to be encouraged as long as it's controlled. I mean, obviously, be rules in place so the submersible doesn't go and bump into the wreck and things like that. But if it's controlled, then I don't see what harm there is. Uh, it's it's always the rogue organizations that worry me, and I have had some experience of that in the past. Um, uh, you know, where, where sites I was working on were plundered and looted at night time or that kind of thing. But um, Percival's going down to look at the Titanic, that doesn't really trouble me that much. I, I worry, of course, about the safety. I mean, one of the guys that died there uh, was a very close friend of mine. He was texting me last Sunday just saying he was preparing for the dive. Um, so safety, of course, worries me. But you know, the principle of people sort of seeing these sites, no, I'm happy with that. Oh, my condolences. I'm sorry to hear that your friend was on the the, um, t- the vessel going yeah. to the Titanic. Yeah. Um, as we were speaking, we've been getting a, a lot of texts in, one, one asking since the endurance, because of course, obviously, Shackleton and the entire uh, team departed the, insur- the endurance before it sank. Um, because it's not a gravesite, is it not morally all right to salvage from it? I assume the answer to that is no, it's still an important archaeological site. Uh, yes, the, the Falklands Maritime Heritage Trust, which oversaw the search for the endurance last year, we are concerned about that. And we are um, working closely with an organization for the protection of the wreck into, into the future. Uh, we have no plans to go back, but we are worried about particularly loose artifacts that are on the ship. In my book, you know, I mentioned the 
bell is 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 sitting there. There's an array of other artifact, artifacts. Not a lot of things. Well, well, for, forgive the interruption, the Vincent, yeah. because I just want to say when you mentioned the book, we got a, a text uh, that I thought I'd bring to you that says just in the mid middle of reading Menson's book, Endurance. Wonderful book. And that comes in from Wayne and Wicklow. Wayne, you and I are the same because I was in the <laughs> middle of reading and still I'm just nearly finished uh, Menson's book and it is a gorgeous book. Uh, it is called Endurance. The author is Menson Bound, who is the archaeologist responsible for the discovery of it and the full title, The Ship Beneath the Ice, The Discovery of Shackleton's Endurance. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.